This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together. As our campus in Stevens Point joins with us this morning, and all those who are online as well, let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us. Again, good morning to our campus over in uh, Stevens Point. Our campus in Appleton is still blowing in the wind, <laughs> hanging in there as we're looking for a place to gather. Uh, we're going to be uh, uh, joining on a Zoom meeting with our Appleton campus uh, this evening at... Six o'clock. What time? Six. Six. Who know that? Oh, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. There you go. Somebody knows what's going on around here. Six o'clock, and we're going to be introducing to you uh, a potential pastor, I believe, that we have found. So uh, we'll see how that goes, and if all goes well, uh, maybe we can have him come and we can introduce him to all y'all next Sunday as we continue moving forward. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful day. It's good to be alive. I'm just, I'm just, I feel so good. I can just about pop out of my skin. The band was jamming. I loved it. There's a God who loves me. Friends who support me. A wife who tolerates me. And one of the best things I did is I haven't watched the news in two weeks. Hallelujah. I just turn that stupid thing off. Good Lord. Man, antidepressant drugs must be selling off the shelf like crazy. Oh, it stands so much of that stuff. Listen to me. We live in the most fabulous country in the world. Now, you wouldn't know that listening to those idiots. But uh, if you doubt it for a second, I'll take you to a few places. <laughs> You'll find out this is the most fabulous country in the world. Does that mean we don't have issues? We've always had issues. Of course we got issues. We got you. You're our biggest issue. But praise the Lord. We are blessed. And it's all good. Look at somebody near you and say, it's good. 
Look at the other guy next to you and say, it's good. And look back at the other guy and say, give me five bucks. Because then it'll be even better. Praise the Lord. Uh, before we get into the sermon, uh, I want to, we're going to take our offering. So we still are not handing buckets around and stuff like that. Many of you give online. You have those envelopes and stuff in the back of your seats or whatever. Uh, and you can fill those out, drop them in the bucket on the way out of church. I believe Stephen's Point's doing the same thing. Uh, and uh, those of you who are online, um, you can give as well. By the way, uh, we have more and more people keep coming. And it's so good to see all y'all. Uh, there's still last week we had probably eight, nine hundred people online. That's just connections. There's probably two people in each one of those. So we got like almost 2,000 people still at home watching, which is fine. We're glad that you have joined with us. Praise the Lord. And as more and more you feel comfortable uh, coming back and joining the human race, uh, that'll be great. If you want to stay home for long, that, we're cool either way. Seriously. Somebody say amen. Because we're just for you. We're not against you. And we love you. And we want you to be blessed. And we're glad that you are watching. But you can give online. Uh, in fact, most of, there's a lot of people still on Facebook that follow us. Really, if you do this regularly, we encourage you to go over to the website and watch there. Celebrationchurch.tv. There's a campus pastor who's on there, and you can interact with them, prayer requests, all kinds of different things, questions you might have, even during the message. So you can do that. Can't do that on Facebook so much. It's a little crazier. But on uh, our website, celebrationchurch.tv, and then you see different buttons there. One of them is the give button. You can give at that time, whether you are here or whether you are uh, whether our, our regular, part of our regular congregation watching it online or part of our congregation that's spread out all over the country and even the world. If you're part of this church, you need to give, support, honor God, bless God so that he will bless you. Give, Jesus says, and it will be given to you. You can, some of you can also do by text uh, on your phone. Just take your little phone out and send a message to 77977. That's the number you'll be dialing to, 77977. And then uh, in the uh, little message thing, put CCWI and uh, the amount of money you want to give. CCWI stands for Celebration Church of Wisconsin. It's also our Mission Sunday. This is the time where we ask people to give a little above and beyond, and you can mark that in your electronic giving or on your checks or whatever, that uh, portion of that, uh, you want to give some extra to the, our missions pro- programs. We help support uh, orphans and stuff like that, and missionaries that share the gospel all over the world. So if you want to give, uh, let me encourage you to give something extra on our Mission Sunday, I believe what you can do is do, if you're texting CCWI and then put missions, and then how much? That's how it works. You just throw the word missions in there. You send another little text and you can give that way, or you'll see the buttons online. All right. Uh, we are continuing uh, to worship, and we're so grateful that we can worship. God bless Wisconsin. <laughs> One of the few places that still has freedom, and we're glad for that, and uh, uh, our policy here is, uh, if you want to gather, you can gather. Um, if you're sick or concerned about, uh, you know, having to quarantine stuff, stay home, certainly if you're sick. Or if you're like us, Deanna and I, who have a, uh, an elderly father who's in that category where it's very dangerous for them, we're still maintaining, you know, don't touch us, little way, touch elbows, whatever. Uh, so if you can keep that in mind. But other than that, Life's getting back to normal, and I'm loving every second of it. Praise the Lord. All right, this morning, Genesis, the 18th chapter, starting at verse 1. Now, the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, 
just outside of Cribbits. As he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. Well, I can't be Cribbits. Man, it's been cold the last few days, hasn't it? Man, summer was here and gone already. Oh, hopefully he comes back, yeah. All right, so, so Abraham looks up and he sees three men standing near him. Now, I don't know how he knows. I don't know if they were glowing. I don't know what the deal is. But he immediately recognized them as angels. Three. If you got one, that's a good day. Three is like bonanza. All right? So he looks up. He sees these three guys. And he, uh, when he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. And he said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet. Rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring you a little bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on since you've come to your servant. So the angel said, sounds like a plan. Do as you said. Then Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, woman, make me a sandwich. <laughs> make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. So it's not like she's got a finger. I don't know what's proper to her bread today. I don't know from the grocery store. She's got to get flour, make the dough, set the oven for 375 or whatever, you know. How long does that take to heat the thing up? So, I mean, this is not a quick sandwich here. This has taken some time. These people had no idea what fast food was. So... So that's, she's taking care of the sandwich. Then Abraham runs to the herd and then looks for a calf, tender and good, not to pet it, but to eat it. And he gave it to a servant who hastened to prepare it. So she's making the dough. He's running out to where the herd is, finds a nice little cow, brings it in. A guy's got to chop it up, gut it out, cut it up. How long does this take to get a sandwich around here? So these angels are all, this was the world. This was the normal world, man. Nobody did stuff. Pastor Arnie and Jen, hi. I got the attention span of a fly. So, he, so he's cutting it up. And so, so it's, it's taking a while. This has to take out. And then they got to cook it. And then he brings it to these angels. I would be in a coma by this time. But uh, he says he hastened to prepare it. His version of hasten. Then he took curds, praise the Lord, and milk and a calf that he prepared and set it before them. And he, and he stood there under the tree while they ate. I think it's fascinating that angels eat anyway. They said to him, the angels, while they're eating their sandwich, where's your wife, Sarah? He's over there. She's there in the tent. And then one of them says, I will surely return to you in due season. And your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. Now, God has been promising Abraham and Sarah that they're going to have a son. And it's taken forever. All right, Abraham now is about 100 years old. Sarah's about 80, 90, I don't know, it doesn't matter. She's an older lady. And still no answer. Uh, and then this angel says, oh, by the way, we come back next time. Um, Sarah's going to have a baby. Well, uh, Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. 
which means the circus was closed and it left town. All right? She's way past. She menopause the whole thing, and she's 89 years old. So Sarah hears this, and she laughs to herself, saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? Now people say, well, she laughed that she would have a child. Oh, no, it's way past that. I mean, Abraham was more of a Viagra candidate at this point. <laughs> the circus was closed, left town. You know, all the roadies were gone. I mean, everything was... Is anybody going to have pleasure now? That's what she thought was funny. It's way past that. So praise the Lord. By the way, young people, sex is a pleasurable, wonderful thing. You're going to love it, but wait. Do it right. Otherwise, it'll mess you up. Somebody say amen. 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 I talked to so many people. Man, they always preach that sex was bad. No, we, I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, praise God. Somebody's listening. But do it right. So anyway, the Lord said to, said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Actually, she was just laughing about the idea of having sex. And... Uh, so, pretty fascinating stuff. Wait a minute, I'm out of order here. <laughs> the Bible says let things be done decently and in order. I'm out of order. <laughs> what happened? I was doing so good. I don't know why you people come to this church. You know, I'm just, you could, you know, go to a nice church in town where the guy knows what's going on. But, did I give it to you? Let me see that. Please. Everybody clap for the pretty girl. All right. What's on the screen? What scripture's next? Okay, so she said, no, the angel said, somebody said, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you and do say, oh, we read that already. Sarah shall have a son. Keep going. But Sarah, what? Back up. Anyway, Sarah, Sarah laughed. Yeah, okay, so Sarah laughed. And, and the angel said, not even the guys back there ain't getting it right. And, and the angel said, why did Sarah laugh? And Sarah said, well, I didn't laugh. She lied because she did laugh. And, uh, and, and she was afraid. And he said, oh, yes, you did laugh. Next. <laughs> so then we jump to the next chapter. It says, the Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time which God had spoken to him. So I mean, you know, she conceives. Wow. First of all, 
being at that age, what happens? The Lord fills that place. Abraham looks at her and goes, hey, mama. Hey, big boy, what up? You know, what? And then she conceives, man. All right, keep going. What do we got? So Abraham gave him the name Isaac to the son whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. That was the tradition. And Abraham, he was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh at me. Now, she freaked out because they said, why, why'd she laugh? Now, it wasn't a bad laugh because if it was a bad laugh, it wouldn't have been good. But the angel said, why'd she, why'd she laughing? Because the angel, it was normal and she's laughing and she freaks out because she thought maybe the angel was mad and now she's celebrating saying, back that up again. Back up. One more. Okay, now God has brought laughter for me. So now she's laughing again. And then the next one you just had there, everyone who hears will laugh at me. So now she's celebrating. This is awesome. So it was laughter uh, as, um, how could this even happen? And then now she's laughing because look what I got. This is amazing. And the next one says, everybody's going to be laughing with her. And she said, who would have ever said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a child, nurse children yet? I have borne him a son in his old age. Today, I want to talk to you about how, how we sometimes approach what God is doing in our lives. Sometimes when God is doing something, the Bible talks about something, it just seems beyond comprehension. And it just rattles your brain. I mean, some of what we believe sometimes can just seem a little crazy, right? Uh, and there's a version of it where they just, you just laugh. You got to laugh. I, I can tell sometimes I'm, I'm up here preaching. I'm talking about how God can change your life, forgive you of your sins, bless you. And some of you staring at me like a dog at a new dish, just kind of shaking you because it's hard to comprehend. But you know what? That's okay. It's okay sometimes when you just look at the promises of God and shake your head and go, really? How can that even happen? You say, well, isn't that unbelief? Well, it can be. It depends on the condition of your heart. Now, let me show you what I mean here. Give me the next verse here. So this is Zechariah. This, we're looking at Luke now, the first chapter, verse 13, which I'd have in my notes wherever it went. And, uh, uh, and, and the uh, angel shows up. Zechariah is, this is John the Baptist's dad. Okay, so we're, this is the beginning of the Christmas story. John the Baptist's dad is in there serving God. And it says an angel appears to him. And the angel says, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. This is going to be John the Baptist. Luke 1.13. I'll keep going to the next one. Now, Zechariah says to the angel, how will I know that this is so? For I'm an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. Next verse. But now because, and this is the angel. The angel said, but now because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the days that these things occur. So, he is basically saying, well, how can this be? Well, he gets hammered for it. And he can't talk for nine months. When the son is finally born, John, then his tongue is released, and now he can speak again. Well, the very next story in Luke, 
the angel appears to Mary and tells her she is going to become the mother of the Messiah. Now, her response to that is, Mary said to the angel, well, how can, these, how can this be since I'm a virgin? She's basically saying the same thing, right? But now she is blessed. Blessed art thou among women. God blesses her. She conceives miraculously, gives birth to Jesus, and that's why we're all here today. So what's the difference? What's the, here on the one hand, uh, Luke, or, or not Luke, uh, Zechariah in Luke here, says, well, how can these things be? And the angel slaps him. Says, you can't talk. And then the angel goes, how can I have a baby? I've never been with a man. And God blesses her. Because there's a fine line between faith and amazement. I mean, I'm sorry, amazement, amazement and faith and doubt. There's a fine line there. And you see the line there. The one, uh, Zechariah, when he said, how can this be? His heart is filled with, there is no way God can do this. That's the kind of stuff you want to be careful with. Don't start thinking God can't do stuff in your life. Because he can. God can do miracles. He can wake the dead. Come on. He can, he can take an old man, an old lady, and have a baby. Which is basically the same thing that happens for Zechariah here. He's a geezer. Same thing happens here. And sometimes you think, well, you know, it's too late, Pastor. It's too late for me. My problem's too big. It's been here this long. Man, don't give up. Don't lose heart. Well, you shake your eyes. Well, how can this even happen? Well, that's okay. That's the amazement part of faith. Go, wow, how can we even grasp this? But don't get cold in your heart thinking God doesn't care or that he can't do it because anything is possible with God. Now, now, why this takes so long? Listen, God can do great things. From a human's perspective, his timing is horrible. It's just horrible because you think, you know, that's why the Psalms are always saying, Lord, answer me quickly. <laughs> why? Because they know how this works. <laughs> Because God sometimes, it just takes a while. It takes a while to straighten out your mess. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, it seems like it takes forever, but if you look back on your life, you can see from a distance, yeah, he's been there. He's been fixing stuff. He's been helping me grow. He's been, so God is at work. Now, it feels sometimes like God's a million miles away. And when we talk about trusting God and believing God for miracles in your life, it's easy to fall into unbelief. And you want to be careful that you don't do that. But to, but to have that overwhelming sense of how can this happen, you know, but the timing, man, you know, we read the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into the fiery furnace. And then God shows up. Personally, I'm hoping he shows up before I get thrown into the furnace. <laughs> right? Well, as soon as we get lined up for the furnace, we lose hope. Oh, here we go. God didn't hear me. It's over. But that's when God shows up. We read about Daniel in the lions then. What a cool story. God shut the mouths of the lions. Seriously, I'm hoping God shows up before they throw me into Dan. Again, from a human standpoint, his timing is just awful. But he doesn't lose hope. Falls down, looks up, the lion's looking, here's a savage. And all of a sudden, they just don't eat him. And because these were hungry lions, man. They intentionally starved these things. So as soon as some human flesh showed up, ah, we praise God for that. All these miracles, you know? 
We read about Paul and Silas. They get arrested, get the snot beat out of them, get thrown in jail. How humiliating. And then God shows up, sets them free. Well, I'm hoping I don't get arrested and get the snot kicked out of me. (laughs) Right? That's all of us, right? We pray God shows up before the trouble hits. And then the trouble gets closer. We start freaking out and panicking. We become fearful and overwhelmed. Oh, and then when it happens, God has given up and you give up all hope. Don't do that. I get it. We all want God to show up before we get into trouble. But the reality is God usually shows up after you're already in it, up to your eyeballs. And if you will stand strong and stand firm and don't lose heart, God can change your circumstances. Now, why it's that way, I don't know. It just is what it is. But God is not sleeping. He knows. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Not one of my favorite verses. (laughs) Personally, I vote for the non-trouble version. In this world, you will have trouble. He says, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now, sometimes we hear about God working in our lives. Uh, Romans, caught up now. Romans, the fifth chapter, verses one and two. Paul writes, he says, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to to this grace in which we stand and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. We've been, what he's saying here is that, look, I get it, we've all sinned, we've all done some of those horrible things. But when you come to Christ and you put your faith and trust in him, he sets everything right. Your past is wiped away just like that. Now, sometimes you think, well, I, I don't feel like that. How can that even be? Maybe you're kind of shaking your head in that amazement phase. Where, How's this even possible? Okay, fine, that's okay. But don't slip into unbelief where you think, oh, God can't do that. Because I'm telling you, he can it's never too late. Last week, I talked about practicing our faith. We were talking about, you know, people all are so crazy with their opinions today. Three things I shared with you. One, try to separate your opinions from who you are. Your opinions are not you. They're your opinions. I get that. But they're not you. When somebody attacks your opinions, don't act like they've attacked you personally. Quit having personal reactions for all the insanity on Facebook and social media and all the idiots you run into all day long. Which I'm one of them, all right, and and all this and just, oh, front, just relax, check your medication, keep that stuff. They attack your opinions. Okay, that's your opinion. You got political opinions that are different than anybody. And somebody attacks it. You want to debate back? Fine, that's just your opinions. That's not me. It's not me. And then you you don't get wounded. Separate your opinions from yourself. Number two, don't separate from people that you disagree with. Or you're going to wind up very lonely in life. Some people, man, I'm telling you, I've met them late in their years, like Abraham and Sarah. Man, they don't like nobody. (laughs) They hate their kids. They hate their grandkids. (laughs) Hate all their relatives. And the neighbors don't even get me started. You know, and they're just lonely. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I just grabbed some of your parents. And and, then just cold and miserable and mad at everybody all the time. Man, don't let that happen to you. You don't have to separate from somebody just because you disagree with them. And then I said, number three, practice this. Practice this. You got to practice. And here's the thing about practicing, and I pointed out this last week. Practicing is mostly mistakes. How many of y'all ever had a musical instrument? Took lessons. Most of it. You know, Jan Jacobson, the piano player. When you're first learning, 
Mostly mistakes, right? It's mostly mistakes. And sometimes we sit down and it's still a lot of mistakes. Because <laughs> we haven't played in a while. You know what I'm saying? And, but that's okay. You don't freak out. Oh, man, a mistake. It's over. Well, some of you do. That's why you quit your piano lessons. But that's how you learn anything. You learn anything. I, you know what I was doing this week? I was Farmer Fred. Last week, I was operating a backhoe. Nah, do I look like a backhoe kind of guy to you? I'm more like Green Acres, right? That show? You ride a tractor in a suit? Green Acres is the place for me. So I'm out there doing a backhoe. That's really hard. It's hard. It's a, it's a, I said, I had to take out the stump. How long would it take? He said, I don't know, max 30 minutes. Three hours later, I'm still trying to get that stupid thing out. Why? There's two levers. And they, each one has four different directions. And you got to combine all this stuff. You see these guys going, that looks easy. It ain't easy. It's like, oh, whoa, no, whoa, 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 whoa. oh, man. I had to do it real slow. <laughs> and trying to figure it out. I don't know, a couple more years, I'll have it down. But, you know, it was hard. But you know why? It's because I was practicing. I was practicing. Some of y'all still growing in your faith. I'll tell you what, I don't care how long some of you have known Jesus. I got news for you. You're still practicing. You're still, because it takes a while to get this. You'll still struggle. You'll still make mistakes. Somebody come along and just say the right thing to send you to the moon. And you'll have a bad reaction. Something somewhere. We're still practicing. Don't get discouraged by this stuff. And don't lose heart. You know, sometimes we talk about the forgiveness of Christ. And we celebrate forgiveness and how great. And sometimes people just shake their heads. Oh, well, how's that even possible? That's okay. But don't think, oh, there's no way God can do it. Because that's not okay. So, well, Pastor, I make mistakes, man. I, I'm, a, I'm talking about practicing. All I do is make mistakes. That's okay. Hang in there. Well, there's no way God can love me when I'm sinning and struggling. Yeah, he can. And he does. Romans, the fifth chapter, verses seven and eight. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. I mean, you lay down your life for someone who's really a good guy. That's even rare. He says, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die, you know, Drop the level a little bit. Maybe someone would lay down. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did all that when we are at our very worst. When mankind was without hope, without possibilities of redemption, Jesus gave his life. Your struggles don't freak him out. Now, he doesn't want you to live in a constant state of defeat and misery. I get that. But as you continue to grow in your faith, You'll start to learn to beat some of that stuff. And you'll get stronger in your faith as you learn to practice. And it won't take nearly as long. God is faithful. Amen. How can these things be? I know sometimes you just kind of laugh like Sarah. Say, really? <laughs> you know, life is hard. You know, I'm married to a demon-possessed man. You know, my children are insane. I got too many bills, all this stuff, and you just shake your head. You go, oh, man. But I'm telling you, nothing is impossible with God. And even though you got to shake your head and kind of laugh at the seemingly impossible task before you, always remember, nothing freaks God out. Nothing. 
And he can just be careful. Don't slip into a place of hopelessness where you doubt God. We're going to turn to our time of communion this morning. And we're going to celebrate this wonderful thing that we talk about, faith and forgiveness. Um, I'm going to ask the uh, musicians to come back out, get ready to play. And like I said, we don't have ushers and stuff now. So <laughs> um, in his epistles to the Corinthians, Paul said that when we take of communion, he says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and the blood of the Lord. He ties the body and blood of Christ to this event. Now, I know people have all kinds of weird theological versions of that. Uh, we don't get into all that. I'm just telling you, as far as the Bible is concerned, this stuff becomes the body and the blood of Christ for us. This is what this is about. But he says, before you do this, examine yourselves and then eat and drink of the cup. So with this in mind, I want us to bow our heads and we're just going to pray. I'm going to pray a prayer, a general prayer of forgiveness. Maybe you've been doing a lot of practicing this week and most of it's been mistakes. That's okay. Come to him now. Reflect over this last week. Where are you at? Said something you should have said. Done something you shouldn't have done. Man, just let's give it up to Jesus. Let's, let me pray for you right now. Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning and in obedience to the scriptures, we pause now to examine ourselves. If we've sinned against you in thought, word, or deed by what we've done or by what we've left undone, if we have not loved you with our whole hearts, if we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves, we ask that by, for the sake of your beloved son, Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us, God. Forgive us of all our sins, strengthening us in all goodness, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Maybe you're here as our heads are bowed, people are watching online and stuff. Maybe it's the first time you've even heard this message. You've never experienced what we're talking about. You've never truly asked Christ into your life and had this incredible experience, which is what we're celebrating from the moment we walked in here this morning. From the moment you guys turn on your computers at home, tablets, whatever, and watching the service, we're celebrating one thing, the love of God in Jesus Christ. He died for us so that we could have forgiveness of sins. Everything could be set right. You could be justified, as we just read. And he just straightens everything out in your life. If you've never done this, as we're all in an attitude of prayer, just right now in your own words, ask Jesus to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and to set things right for you.